Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. There's great confusion regarding the various components of true salvation in today's culture and in the ecumenical community. Easy believism is a dangerous and equally powerful scheme by the usurper himself. True faith in Jesus always leads to an eternal life change, and it begins at the instant God the Father rescues their disciple from the domain of darkness. When God's divine grace is spiritually infused into your essence, as Ephesians 2 testifies, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, at that instant, God the Holy Spirit begins his work. Your heart and mind are illuminated with the light of Jesus, and God creates a new capacity for mind renewal, and your way of thinking begins to change. You got your tanks. Let's dive in. This segment is titled, Discipleship, the Way of Life, Repentance. What's that? You know, that's a good question. Repentance, what's that? Because very few even know that repentance is a work of God and is lived out in the lives of their disciples daily. I believe many misunderstand what God has intended for the act and work of repentance to accomplish within their body. And the lack of focus on it is just like anything that loses focus becomes a blurry object in the background of one's view, perspective, and perception. And that's relatable to the physical and spiritual realms, my fellow disciples. First, I'm compelled to place a needed focus on these truths. But before I do, I must tell you, I am recovering from a cold. So uh, have patience with me today, uh, as there may be some squawking and squealing that may go on with this voice. But I pray that God the Holy Spirit brings forth fruit from it and in your lives as well. When you are reading, studying, and meditating on God's word, then whenever you reference God's word, you should say it's God's word. In other words, today, many people just say they're reading the Bible, and they see the Bible as a collection of stories written by man. That perspective and perception needs to change. Most say they're studying the Bible or in the Bible, it says, and you fill in the blank. But the plain old truth, my fellow disciples, is this. It's really God's word. It's what God says and what God does and how God lived and what God calls good and what God calls evil and what God says savings grace is and where it comes from. But listen. When the emphasis is placed on the instruments God used for his word to be penned for those before and after us, and what I mean is by saying what well, Paul said and James said and Moses said and Elijah said and the list goes on of all the writers, then it appears that man said versus God saying it, then one has a tendency to take a more relaxed approach to what the Bible says versus what God actually is saying. And that, my fellow disciples, is very, very dangerous. Listen to what God says in 2 Timothy 3.16. All scriptures inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, 
for training in righteousness. And what God says in Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of the soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. What God says through Matthew in Matthew 4.4. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. What God says in Luke 8.11. Now the parable is this, The seed is the word of God. And God says in 1 John 2.14, I have written to you, fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. Now, are you catching my drift I mean, because after all, the word Bible is not in God's word. But a good thing is the Bible acronym, which stands for basic instruction before leaving earth. So God's word is written for everyone born of the seed of Adam. And God knows we need it. So your challenge for this Godcast and as you journey past this oasis is this. Listen to all the passages and reference them as God says. And I pray the renewing of your mind continues to change the way you think. And as you welcome God's work on your mind renewal, God the Holy Spirit continues his work in your essence. Amen. So repentance. What's that? True repentance that God designed is designed to work in your life as a disciple of Jesus, and it's more than just turning away from the sin in your life. You see, when a need to repent is created by a sinful act, as you are living in the lust of the eyes and of the flesh, you're living within your own selfishness in your flesh, then conviction has already occurred in your life. Because the plain old truth, my fellow disciples, when God the Holy Spirit's work of conviction, if there is no work by the Holy Spirit, then there will be no repentance. And if sin continuously exists and no repentance for it, what do you think God's eternal consequence is for the practice of sin? So if we're going to dive deeply into the act of repentance, we must go through the surface of the water and talk about conviction. Amen. Conviction is more than just feeling bad because you hurt someone. Because you can feel bad for being late to work or passing by someone who's stuck out in the rain. Conviction is God the Holy Spirit's work. Listen to what God says to their disciple John in John 16, 7 and 8. But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. 
and he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. True conviction by God is more than feelings of disgrace or possessing a guilt-ridden conscience. Conviction is a wonderful addition by God to the human existence, and the amazing power of God's word also convicts and judges one's thoughts and intentions. Let me read to you Hebrews 4.12 again. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of the soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Now, if we would just focus on feelings and emotions as the driving force of our spirituality, then they could lead us down a darkened path. Feelings and emotions are intrinsic qualities God created within our essence. They do function and operate without any mental prompting to create an emotional response. Yet some feelings and emotions are natural for some of us and they are unnatural for a lot of others. Conviction is far beyond feeling of the fear that God will and you fill in the blank or God will fill in the blank for what you've done and again you fill in the blank. Conviction even extends beyond knowing the difference between right and wrong Yet better said, knowing the difference between good and evil. Wait a second. Doesn't that sound familiar? Knowing the difference between good and evil? Remember what the serpent's deception of Adam and Eve in Genesis was? Listen to what God said happened in the Garden of Eden, written by Moses, who was not there. Genesis 3.5 for God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You know one of the numerous points of this deception? They didn't even recognize that the serpent was evil. And through their unfaithfulness to God, they became more like the serpent than God. And that deception is still apparent today. Cogitate on this. Some people compare themselves to the evilest person on the planet. And that way they can call themselves good. And if they believe their own deception, then they have no need for conviction or repentance for that matter. With the occupation of God the Holy Spirit, that would be his presence and work, occupation, then when you are entering into a sinful act or even thinking it, God could just pluck you on the back of the head or the forehead in some cases, or your desire to see some evil film, videotape, or listen to music on your PC phone or iPad, or, and it flickers or crashes or blanks out, or your heart begins to race, or God brings into remembrance the days in life of your captivity to sin, and Romans 6.23 comes to mind. For the wages of sin is death. To be convicted is to be reminded of the truth of God. 
Isn't that what happens when you are discipling another? God reminds you and brings to your mind God's word, God's promises, God's faithfulness. Conviction is an utter dreadfulness and misery of sin. It's reacting with a mindset of escape from it. It's a true recognition and acceptance that sin dishonors a loving, holy, and just God. Maintaining a constant mindset of God's wrath towards sin and the external exposure to your own soul. God the Holy Spirit represents the righteous judgment of God. And at some point, when God's patience reaches the had enough stage, and it can, my fellow disciples, it can. And here's your proof. This is what God's word says in Isaiah 1, 10 through 20, titled, God has had enough. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear to the instruction of our God, you people of Gomorrah. What are your multiplied sacrifices to me, says the Lord? I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed cattle, and I take no pleasure in the blood of bulls, lambs, or goats. When you come to appear before me, who requires of you this trampling on my courts? Bring your worthless offerings no longer. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath, the calling of assemblies. I cannot endure iniquity and the solemn assembly. I hate your new moon festivals and your appointed feasts. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. So when you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Yes, even though you multiply your prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are covered with blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from my sight. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Reprove the ruthless. Defend the orphans. Plead for the widows. And listen to what God says in Second Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. So, repentance? What's that? Well, the short answer is, it happens right after God the Holy Spirit convicts. I'm looking at 2 Peter 3, 9, and you would think that God the Father would say for all to come to Jesus, right? I mean, isn't that what you hear every Sunday morning, come to Jesus? But it appears that God the Father is responsible and in control of that flow. And here's a truth as to why repentance is required. Listen to John six forty four. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. So if God the Father is calling for repentance, and God the Son is calling for repentance, and he is, 
You want proof? Well, here you have it. Listen to what God says to the disciple Matthew in Matthew 4.17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then repentance is what God has commanded for their disciples to have in their spiritual spice bag. Do you have the work of repentance in your spiritual spice bag, my fellow disciples? I will testify that over the past several years of discipling, very rarely has anyone started off the discussion on the topic of repentance, and very rarely is it brought up, yet quite surprising, at the lack of biblical, biblical knowledge, excuse me, at the lack of biblical knowledge about this topic, let alone the use of it on Sunday mornings. It seems today that the thought of bringing up the subject or the topic of repentance into the forefront of one's mind would be viewed as negative or outdated versus the truth, the need for it, and the power of repentance in the lives of their disciples. Additionally, it looks like there is more concern about physical growth of the body than the much-needed spiritual growth. And the truth and power of God appears to be falling by the wayside versus being in the forefront of the sharing of the good news. Well, as a disciple of Jesus, I am called, inspired, and equipped by God to bring the truth of God to you by the work and power of God the Holy Spirit. Amen? Repentance is all throughout God's Word. Yes, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament because all of it is God's Word. Listen to what God says through their, their disciple Moses in Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? And what God said through Ezekiel in Ezekiel 14, 6. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, Repent and turn away from your idols and turn your faces away from all your abominations. And through their disciple Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 15, 7, I will winnow them with a winnowing fork at the gates of the land. And I will bereave them of children. I will destroy my people. They did not repent of their ways. And in and through their disciple Job. In Job 42, 2 through 6. I know that you can do all things. And that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have declared that which I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Hear now, and I will speak. I will ask you, and you instruct me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, 
but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I retract and I repent in dust and ashes. These were men chosen by God and their instrument to testify as to the need for and the work of repentance to be in the life of their chosen race, royal priesthood, holy nation, and the people of their own possession. Listen to what God said through Matthew in Matthew eleven twenty through 24, titled The Unrepenting Cities. This is Jesus speaking. Then he began to denounce the cities in which most of his miracles were done because they did not repent. Woe to you, Cherazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles had occurred in Tyre and Sidon, which occurred in you, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Nevertheless, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will not be exalted to heaven, will you? You will descend to Hades. For if the miracles had occurred in Sodom, which occurred in you, it would have remained to this day. Nevertheless, I say to you that it is more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. Remember what God said through their disciple Paul to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate and equipped for every good work. So cogitate on this. If Jesus reproved those occupants of those cities of their sin when he walked the planet, and those performed the same work of spreading the good news of the repentance in the Old Testament, then Jesus, as his disciple, since Jesus left an example to follow, shouldn't you follow in his footsteps on the path to eternal life by completing the act of repentance in your life and testify to others of the need of it? You will see when you read, study, and meditate on God's word, this doctrinal truth of God is preached by God through the Old Testament men and John the Baptist, the initial converts, Paul, and Jesus in the New Testament. So, my fellow disciples, this is an ongoing work of God, and it should be an active part of your life as well. You know, as you continue to listen to Diving Deep with DL, you will get the proof you need to support the claims that are made. Amen. So having said that, let's dive into the book of Acts for a bit. Imagine that God through humanity completes their works. Acts meaning acting on. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 7? Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them. Okay, Acts 2, 38. 
Peter said to them, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Chapter 3, verse 19. Therefore, repent and return, so that your sins may be wiped away, in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Chapter 11, verse 18. When they heard this, they quieted down and glorified God, saying, Well then, God has granted to the Gentiles also the repentance that leads to life. Chapter 17, verse 30. Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent. Chapter 20, verse 21. Solemnly testifying to both Jews and Greeks of repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And finally, chapter 26, verse 20. But kept declaring both to those of Damascus first, and also at Jerusalem, and then throughout all the region of Judea, and even to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds appropriate to repentance. Remember, repentance is an accepting that you possess a sin nature, and it is still active in your life. And just like the ability to sin against someone else, you seek forgiveness, right? Or do you think they're making too much out of your actions that are sinful? Repentance is a needed function in the disciple of Jesus' walk. It requires a change of your thought process regarding sin and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is both Lord and Christ. Go read and study and meditate on Acts 2.36. Amen. Listen to what God says to their disciple John in 1 John 5, 5-12, titled, Overcoming the World. Who is the one who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not with water only, but with the water and with the blood. It is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and the three are in agreement. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For the testimony of God is this, that he has testified concerning his Son. The one who believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar. Because he has not believed in the testimony that God has given concerning his Son. And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. 
He who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. As we head back up, take this with you. It's Romans 2.4. Or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and the tolerance and the patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? Sin does ruin. Go read, study, and meditate on Galatians 5, 1 Corinthians 6, and 1 Timothy 1. Consider repentance with an NGA mindset. If it's repentance that leads to life, then where is one headed for the lack of it? Death? Because NGA is either life or death, my fellow disciples. Spiritual life in the presence of God or spiritual death away from them. That's the simple truth. Repentance includes your self-recognition that your thinking about God, his will, his ways and commands were wrong. And you will be more purposeful of your thought process going forward. Repentance is not a work we do to earn salvation. Because if God the Father doesn't draw you to Jesus, then you wouldn't come on your own anyway, regardless. Repentance is a work of God in you. It's truly a change in behavior. Go read the life change that occurred in a man named Zacchaeus in Luke 19. And God moved this man from the ground into a tree and changed him from a thief to a good Samaritan. Repentance is the act of changing your mind about your own sin. And sin is nothing to participate in, to cooperate with or entertain and must be relinquished, abandoned, discarded, and rejected. That would be the active act of crucifying your sin nature for the freedom of life that only comes in and through Jesus. And after the Father rescues you from the domain of darkness and draws you near to Jesus, you should expect that God the Holy Spirit is not far behind that work of God with his agenda. Amen? If you only knew that without repentance in my life, my fellow disciples, there would be no diving deep with DL. All I can say is, but God. Amen? Let me pray for you. Abba, we love you and we thank you for today. This is a day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. <sighs> Abba, I know how corrupt my thought process was before you rescued me in the domain of darkness and how your word and your truth, your spirit, your works transformed and renewed my mind. 
And it feels so much better to be able to see and understand that sin is an evil way of living. And it just causes me to move further away from you. You never move. You're the rock, a firm foundation in which we stand. I lift up those disciples to you today, Lord, that you would inspire them to understand the true meaning of repentance and that repentance would be something that you would see and be pleased to see in the hearts and the minds of your people. I thank you that you've given me the opportunity to bring forth a phase piece of life as a disciple to talk about repentance and I pray that it comes to the forefront of all the pulpits that they would bring forth the need for it and they would too repent of not bringing it forth as they should as a disciple of Jesus and thank you for today I ask that you would just respond in such a way that would surely glorify the Father for the work that is being done in and through this ministry. Thank you and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning great is your faithfulness. Have a great day of worship and keep walking the way.